Well, at this point, you've probably already figured out that I'm running a couple weeks behind in terms of scheduling, but fuck it, I'm back on track and uh, potentially ready to go. <laughs> a huge shout out to the patrons thus far. They'll get their due at the end of the episode, uh, but I must say that their support is both humbling and inspiring. Honestly, I never imagined that this project of mine would entertain as many people as it seems to be this point in time so for all of your support whether you're a patron or not i thank you um now if you haven't had a chance to check out the site the patreon site uh i gotta plug it because you know what else am i gonna do here uh patreon.com forward slash high defamation for details on the various levels of support there uh one of the perks being a pretty sweet piece of physical media that I put together myself related to every episode that uh, gets played every month. That said, we're actually going to dive right into what's been on the table or in the deck. And as a matter of fact, that's about all we're going to be discussing, minus a rant or two, should I remember to deviate it all. So let's fucking dive in. Right, new fucking segue, and how do you like that shit? I don't really care. I'm gonna play it until my heart's content. That thing is actually that 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 line that that guitar line has been stuck in my head for like the last two weeks. So I pass it along to you, dear listeners. Um, so we're jumping right into the thick of things here, as far as what I've been listening to, what's been spinning, what I've been playing here at home, at work, in the car. Um, I had a few topics in mind to do something a little bit more cohesive uh, as most of the previous episodes, um, should, should indicate. Usually uh, I have a central theme for all these episodes here. It's going to be a little bit all over the place because nothing gelled when I was trying to sit down and really think of uh, a single straight line to go through everything that I wanted to talk about, um, and I just didn't feel like, I, I don't know, just, I wasn't getting bit by that, that inspiration bug, as they say. Um, so we're going to start with not necessarily the weakest out of the batch, not at all. None of these, none of these are weak, in fact. Um, this could potentially be one of the strongest of the bunch. That's Fire in the Brain by Oz from Finland. This album came out in 1983. Uh, released by Wave Combat and Far East Medical, Far East Medical, Far East Metal Syndicate. Stifling my words over here already. Not even five minutes into the podcast. At any rate, those were the labels that released the album in their various regions. Um, as far as the record itself, fuck. I can't think of many bands with as drastic a transformation between their first and second albums. But the gap here between Fire in the Brain and the precursor, Heavy Metal Heroes, 
is big enough to fit the entirety of the Grand fucking Canyon. Uh, the first slab, to my ears, recalls weaker scorpions, while this one just sees molten metal. Uh, it just is a searing straight line of heavy metal. Uh, it's not as over the top as Heavy Loads, Death or Glory, released in 1982, if you want to put a comparison out there. Uh, but I think it's way more cohesive, at least to my ears. Um, satanic, sleazy, razor-sharp hooks, and just wailing leads. A rhythm section that sets the pace and just freaking buckles in for the ride. Uh, and goddamn, who could disregard the unmistakable vocals of Ape D. Martini. What a name. Catchy and savage. Absolutely essential to check out Fortune. track in there which is probably one of the strongest first tracks 
of any album released in 1983. Again, there's Fortune off of uh, Fire in the Brain by Oz. Now the next album is a far departure from what we just heard, and I'm going to talk about the self-titled EP from Smash Detox, released in 2011 on Prank Records and HG Fact. Uh, Prank in the U.S., HG Fact in Japan. Well, holy shit, if there are any modern projects right now that warranted more than one fucking 45, it's Smash Detox. It's got members of Forward, Judgment, Tetsuo Ray, and World Burns to Death, just to name a few of the projects of people involved in this group. Um, you could call it a supergroup. I'm not a big fan of that term, uh, but you wouldn't be far off. And this single, single I say, 45, 7-inch, uh, it's a two-track blitzkrieg of fucking motor-charged hardcore that's as unrelenting as it is short-lived. And these tracks are over in a snap. These songs are fucking crucial. They're earworms to boot. They're catchy. They're going to get stuck in your head. You're going to be humming this shit for a long time after you hear it. Uh, dare I say, this stuff is empowering and oddly transcendent. Uh, it's so damn good. I'm going to play for you Shangri-La. Enjoy this shit.
goddamn, that <laughs> just an unrelenting barrage of hardcore fury. Um, so good. Smash Detox. Uh, next up, another one that's been on high rotation uh, as of late. Blind by Corrosion of Conformity. Released in 1991 by Relativity Records. Uh, Corrosion of Conformity from the U.S., of course. Uh, and I've been stuck on this, uh, honestly, because uh, throughout the years, it is the COC record that I reach for the least in what I consider their, quote, essential, unquote, catalog. Um, and I mean, that's a discography that includes the preceding records, uh, Technocracy, Animosity, Eye for an Eye, Six Songs with Mike Singing, all just exceptional slabs of of enraged music uh blind was kind of the turning point uh itself sounding worlds different from the ep that came before it and with the follow-ups deliverance and wise blood their sound would uh fully become that of safe and commercially viable sabbath worship totally homogenized and somewhat neutered in my opinion uh Blind itself is a fucking monster of behemoth heaviness and just filthy tonality. It lacks some of the raw as fuck ruckus of the hardcore albums, Corrosion of Conformity release, but it makes up for it with lyrics that incite protest and a weight equivalent to the gravitational pull of a black fucking hole. Uh, drummer Reed Mullen formed Corrosion of Conformity in 1982 and he passed away far too fucking early this past January 27th. And the influence of this entity and what they've had on me can't be understated. This stuff is vital. Uh, so sit back, enjoy.
And that was Shallow Ground leading into Vote with a Bullet. And I know that Vote with a Bullet is kind of the obvious choice of tracks to play off of Corrosion of Conformity's Blind, but I love that lead-in from that Shallow Ground, which is almost just a lilting, atmospheric piece, uh, almost soothing, um, and how it just barrels into the rage and tirade filled vote with a bullet the track itself vote with a bullet seems exceptionally prescient uh, every time an election year crops up here in the u.s and it's 2020 which means it's a fucking election year it's not shaping up to be any different uh, american politics I don't know. They've, they've become sort of a hoax at this point, from my viewpoint, uh, especially for those of us on the extreme left, myself obviously included, uh, who grew up with the mental dilemma posed by voting. Uh, with the amount of control that we allow our government, it's always been hard to swallow that the act itself would be allowed if it were actually able to affect change. Uh, in the long run, though, from what I've learned from, from my history as a voter, uh, the only place that casting your ballot creates impact is in the sense of the aggregate. As individuals, none of what we put on federal ballots matters much, at least not for uh, officials uh, when there's an electoral college involved. Um, I still do it, though, if not just to be a hopeful wrench in the cogs of the Republican machine. Um now, the takeaway from that, honestly, and, and one of the things that first captured my attention when it came to the music that first held me sway was urging us to take direct action, uh, which the track is definitely in one way or another urging. Uh, whether that's direct action for social or fiscal ends to fix social and fiscal woes. Uh, in the end, politics are all basically just propaganda intended to sway us one way or the other. Now, I've dropped plenty of hints, including within the last couple of minutes, where on the spectrum I lie. And at this point, all I can really do is reiterate my derision of, of fascism. Um, and yeah, it's it's a real threat at this point. And if you can't see it, and the wool's been pulled over your eyes to some degree. Uh, one of the things that comes along with that is what I can only describe as a fascist pull in music something that I apply to the embrace of jackbooted ideologies through tunes, starting with only caring about the music, quote-unquote, that ultimately leads to a zeal and fervor to continually hear more. Uh, like it or not, and regardless of what you tell yourself, when you buy NS trash, you are in some way funding xenophobia and violence. And violence beyond the horror movie-inspired lyrical nonsense of death metal, the real pointed destruction of the personhood of the disenfranchised. Now, it's hard expounding the difference between horror-themed lyrics and the lyrics that accompany music made by white supremacists. And really, this can carry over into a ton of other sorts of artistic expression, be it film, literature, or the music I talk about here. Um, but to revisit a concept that I've had for some time is that once politics are imbued in anything artistic, it becomes propaganda. Now, can propaganda be artistic? Obviously, yes. But is that an argument in favor of separating art from the artist? Mm, not in my opinion. Uh, the artist, 
as I view it, or them, is always intrinsically linked to their creations. And besides, does anything scream white privilege more than pretentiously stating their politics don't bother me, I can separate art from the artist. One thing that I've learned throughout the years, though, and I really want to hammer this home, is that this whole journey is a process. It's about trying to be better and to make things better. Uh, creation through the destruction of despicable thinking and processes. So getting back on track, the whole point of this disjointed diatribe is to kind of come to a place where my dabbling in the political spectrum of music began. And if I had to think long and hard on it, that's with UK hardcore and anarcho-punk. So before I bury myself even further here, I'm going to jump to the next slab of shit that I've been spinning a whole lot because I still want to talk about tunes here. Uh, you know, tunes, chaos, disorder, and derision. Fucking shit up. What better soundtrack for fucking up fascists than Doom and their Peel Sessions? Released in 1989 on Strange Fruit. Doom from the UK, of course. Not the Japanese Doom. Also quite good. Um, now, by the time these legends saw this compilation release, they had well established themselves with their split with no security uh, the police bastard ep which is still one of the best realized pieces of musical chaos and protest ever conceived as well as the seminal war crimes in human beings lp um, that they were unique enough to catch the ear of john peel was no small feat as anyone he featured on that BBC program was instrumental in some way to their own respective genres, whether it's talking about Joy Division or more crust punk or grindcore. Doom were no different, standing their own ground among the likes of Heresy, the electro hippies with freaking members of Carcass or one guy that would go on to be in Carcass. Carcass, Napalm Death, Extreme Noise Terror, Filthy Christians, Sore Throat, Unseen Terror, Bolt Thrower, Deviated Instinct, Intense Degree, etc., etc., etc. You could argue that both Peel Sessions present on this compilation represent Doom at their most savage, streamlined, feral best. Uh, the live element of the recordings heightened the sense of urgency prevalent in every fucking track. I honestly cannot imagine a more crucial example of UK crust than this. Raging leftist anarchocentric aural madness. <laughs>
another twofer for you there. Uh, Doom with their cover of Black Sabbath's Symptom of the Universe leading into the one and only Multinationals. What a fucking track. That, that is the song that made me fall in love with Doom so many years ago. Love it. Seek it out. Uh, as far as I know, the only album with their cover of Symptom of the Universe is the Peel Sessions. Um, it's awesome. The whole thing just rages front to back. And we're going to talk about something else that rages front to back, and that is a 1992 release uh, by the Greek crust band Naftia. At least I believe that's pretty close to the pronunciation. It means nausea. Uh, the album title translates to European Renaissance. I would try and pronounce the, the Greek pronunciation, but uh, I would just ruin it. Um, this album, criminally underrated, crusty Greek anarcho-punk in the realm of Doom or MG15. Uh, I first got hyped on this LP back in the 90s after stumbling across it while skimming stacks and snagged it based on the striking and gross cover art, which seemed to personify a stylized reproduction about the EU's attitude toward Greece at the time. Hardcore from Greece back then, uh, I don't know, it always seemed super far removed from anywhere else. We'd read scene reports in uh, rags like Profane Existence or Maximum Rock and Roll, and the world where punks there seemed to inhabit was one of violence and risk and expectance to clash with the cops. And not that it was any more genuine than the ruckus coming out of the UK under Thatcher or coming from Colombia under Pastrana or the Sixth Brazilian Republic. The transition of Greece to a democracy held a weight that broke news just as often and affected just as many disenfranchised as those others. Um, that said, this slab fucking smokes. And if you want it, Greek label Labyrinth of Thoughts repressed it last year. It's fucking essential. Uh, I'm going to play a track from that called, well, translates to Don't You Sanitize Me. Buckle up. Thank you. 
excellent the whole album's excellent and the reissue uh there's a lot of care put into it uh it not only includes the album i spoke about but also includes their follow-up which was a split lp i can't remember the other band um uh, german group I, I remember that much um which is a great release on its own albeit a little bit hard to come by these days uh, this album though, as far as I know, is still in stock with, uh, Labyrinths of Thought and I, I ordered it directly from Greece, uh, from the label. It came to me within like a week, maybe two, uh, here in the U S shipping, totally reasonable. If you're down with, uh, German shipping prices, not much different. Um, way cheaper than ordering anything from the UK. That said, we're going to jump to the next, the next album that I've been cranking a whole lot. Never mind the napalm. Here's Sore Throat by Sore Throat, released in 1989 by Manic Ears. And <laughs> I mean, I already mentioned Sore Throat, so, you know, I might as well wander back to that territory now. Why not? Uh, never accused of actual musicianship, which uh, I've always found to be somewhat of a hardcore fallacy, as this record bears a fuck ton in common with the Holocaust in your head, war crimes. Hell, even those early heresy demos or intense degrees wore in my head. It's a more cohesive album than Unhindered by Talent uh, and far more unhinged than the Sothrope material in Destroy, which is a great album as well, um, but more uh, resembling like Prophecy of Doom, um, that type of uh, industrial mechanized sort of crust. And at the same time, uh, it doesn't cross that hokey line that the follow-up Disgrace to the Corpse of Sid did that same year. <laughs> I guess they'd been listening to too much Lawnmower Death and Spastic Blur. Uh, like it or not, though, Nevermind the Napalm is some of the tightest, filthiest, rawest, and fastest anarcho-punk out of the UK at the time. And this record is addictive as hell, so get the fuck into it. 
fucking chaos. And now, for something completely fucking different, we're going to talk about Traveler by Lord Weird Slowfag. I've mentioned this album before, released in 2003 by Dragonheart Records USA. Uh, I talked a little bit about it when I really, really, really praised their new album, New Organon, from 2019. Um, in my opinion, this album is them at their, at their pinnacle. Uh, I, I'm sure there are heavy metal diehards out there that would be quick to disagree with such a statement, but... With Traveler, the Weird Lords captured something monumental uh, from the concept and the art, but most importantly, the behemoth crushers that represent the individual tracks on this slab. Uh, Traveler is a sci-fi epic in audio format. It's D&D, Shadowrun fanaticism, which makes sense considering the inspiration is in fact a tabletop role-playing game from 1977. Uh, Music-wise, there's not much for me to say beyond what I said about New Organon. You're going to hear callbacks to equal parts Thin Lizzy, 70s Scorpions, Manila Road, Brocus Helm. This shit is phenomenal. You're going to hear Genocide.
See, I told you it was going to be different from what uh, preceded it. Uh, but we're going to stick in the same vein as what we just heard with uh, Overlord SR from the U.S. and their Medieval Metal 2 compilation disc released 2012 by Heaven and Hell Records. Um, Overlord are, are an old band, and that was originally what they went by, uh, minus the SR uh, that you'll find tacked on these days. Uh, they started playing around 1981. So these guys are about as old school as you can get. Um, the album in question here consists of the Medieval Metal 4-track demo. Uh, it came out early 80s, mid-80s, early to mid-80s. I don't have an exact date. Uh, it's one of the few things I forgot to note when putting this together. Um, figure it out. You're going to get that sense of its time and its era when you, when you hear it. So... Um, you know, just kind of take that for what it's worth. Um, it's just raging, traditional, heavy metal. And you couldn't be faulted for thinking it was almost new wave of British heavy metal endowed. Um, so you're going to hear callbacks to like Crucifixion or, um, yeah, I'd say Raven, but uh, Overlord has a bit more of like that medieval uh knights of the realm in fact i think there's a track titled knights of the realm uh vibe going on than raven did was uh definitely more of a streetwise band um as far as u.s bands to compare them to omen maybe jag panzer uh it's epic as fuck and track full speed ahead gets going immediately brings to mind uh, the first track from Heavy Loads, Death or Glory, to bring them into this again. Uh, and that's an album I fucking love and hold dear to my heart. Um, it's so goddamn good. And sadly obscured by time and the sheer number of bands that struggled to make it back then. Um, in 2014, Heavy Forces Records dropped an even more thorough edition of uh, all of Overlord's shit on Wax. Uh, but good luck digging one up. They're pretty hard to find, pretty hard to come by. Um, the CD is a good placeholder in the meantime. I mentioned the lead-off track, Full Speed Ahead. That's what we're going to dig into right now.
right, that again was Full Speed Ahead by Overlord SR out of the USA. And we're moving on to the next slab that uh, I've been spinning a whole lot as of late. It's actually been something that's been in the collection for a good long while, uh, but it's been on the shelf for a while as well. Um, and I just want to give it some spins and get back into it. And God, it's fucking addictive. I'm talking about Life Sucks and Then You Die. The debut from Cerebral Fix, released in 1988 on Vinyl Solution. Uh, Cerebral Fix are a thrash band from the UK. So yeah, we're back to the UK here. Um, you now a lot of people are quick to mention shit like Zentrix, Deathwish, The Force Era, Onslaught, Sabbath, even fucking Seventh Angel, before even murmuring about Cerebral Fix. And that's probably because this first LP has more in common with pre-Realm of Chaos, Bolt Thrower, or Sacrilege pre-earache hell bastard or acid rain and aside from bolt thrower the rest of those go virtually ignored in thrash circles um so to start this album fucking rules snotty crusty uk crossover with some seriously gnarly cover art honestly some of my favorite cover art of all time if if we're honest uh and it speaks to what you're going to hear on the record very well short metallic bursts of catchy ugliness and distorted chaos it's it's awesome uh, i like the two follow-ups but they kind of pale in comparison to the debut uh whether we're talking about the theme song cerebral fix uh the title track life sucks the cacophonous mess of acid sick or the pummeling opener war storm this is a front-to-back legit rager uh, everybody should be getting into this album so we're gonna play the track zombie i hope you dig it and the first question is always are these cannibals no they are not cannibals cannibalism in the true sense of the word implies an interspecies activity these creatures cannot be considered human they prey on humans they do not prey on each other that's the difference they attack and they feed only on warm flesh.
And that again was Zombie by Cerebral Fix. So we're moving on to the last stretch here. We've got a handful of more records that um, have been on the uh, podium, the table, whatever you want to call it, the the up-and-coming, the now-playing shelf here at home. And that is the self-titled LP, Bronco Libre, uh, that follows here. Uh, released 2018 by Abfall and Destructure Records. Uh, Bronco Libre, as far as I could determine, are uh, from a couple of different places uh, between France and Germany. Now, unless you're just not paying attention, the resurgence of oi and street punk coming out of France and Spain, Germany and the UK, it's in full effect. You can't miss it um, if you're at all paying attention. Uh, I first took notice uh, with Reek's uh, but shit like uh, Coop, Coop Gorge, Coop George, Coop Gorge, I don't know. I'm not French, uh, so I apologize for any mangling of pronunciations here. And Grabouge uh, is the real fucking deal. The, the, all three of those bands just fucking slay. Uh, no Holds Barred, Hooligan Anthems, and Savage Street Hymns. Bronco Libre should honestly, in my opinion, be up there as well. Uh, this album is one of the best punk rock records of 2018 dare i say if not my number one pick for that year in in this realm uh this genre this type of music um the album itself is a conceptual testament uh to the plight of america's first nation which may seem a little bit odd given that it's coming from a european band but they do it really well um it's shockingly adroit and lyrically deft yes i just used adroit and deft in my podcast sue me it's my fucking podcast uh musically it stomps front to back it's a jarring jangly celebration of catchy punk fucking supremacy and it's a shame this stuff isn't up there with those other bands i mentioned earlier as much as i like a band like reeks or condor this bronco libre is earworm shit you're going to be humming this well past the end of the record we're going to go ahead and spin torturous
just awesome. And moving on from there, we're going to stay in that, uh, under that Oi umbrella with uh, Ostra Eros and their 2019 self-titled album on Switchlight Records. This is a Swedish band. <laughs> I mean, speaking of Oi bar Barbarity, uh, this band from Uppsala has been utterly kicking my ass as of late. It's absolutely rollicking, rock and roll tinged oi that's as sincere about its boots and braces as it is about ferociously pummeling the listener as soon as the needle drops. Um, while it doesn't get quite as pub rock as the newest Savage Beat manages, uh, you can't deny a motor-driven lineage that broadens to encompass 77 and 82 style UK punk. Um, it's not as topically deep as the Bronco Libre, but what it lacks in profundity it more than makes up for with its knuckle-dragging sense of fun. I mean, it's just a fun record. Uh, there's no way to listen to it without a smile on your face. And I love that about this album. Every track on here is an anthem to drinking and fighting and a celebration of community and non-conformity. It's a guaranteed banger. We're going to listen to Rock a Roar here. And it's one of my favorite tracks on the album. Um, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Respektera mina rötter Kommer aldrig spela bort tack 
And with that, we're on the last album here uh, that I wanted to talk about today. Um, and it's no exception to the rule of everything preceding it being absolutely incredible, um, to my ears anyway. And it's a huge departure from what we've been spinning. Um, but, I mean, you should be used to that with this channel or this, this fucking podcast at this point. Um, my tastes are kind of all over the place. Uh, and this, this kind of proves that. Uh, it is the debut EP Blood Sportswear by ESP Mayhem, released this year uh, by Nerve Alter. Uh, this is an Australian project uh, and basically a completely new project to me that uh, first grabbed my attention uh, when I was perusing, uh, I want to say, the latest email from Nerve Alter uh, as far as the, their store update. Um, the band itself is made up of several members that are also involved in fucking savage projects internal rot and incinerated among others um so i guess what distinguishes this project from other grind bastards out there no guitars yeah uh rather than that familiar buzzsaw razor sharp roar and most grindcore esp mayhem employ a total of three synths that accompany the bass and beastly hammering of the skins just total cyber mindfuck esp mayhem is to grindcore what lotion is to hardcore, and I, I can't get enough of it. It's angular and dissonant, but also shockingly catchy, and those synth lines will get stuck in, in the back of your head uh, for you know, for a good while. Uh, they're just fucking these noodly, uh, jarring lines of synth that work so well to replace the guitars that you're used to in this style of music. Um, now, it's not the type of project that'll likely resonate, with everyone into extreme music help, probably not even everyone that likes grindcore will appreciate this ride. But if you're someone that appreciates unconventional shit like uh, brain tentacles, uh, then chances are pretty good you're going to find something that kicks your ass on this piece of 7-inch wax. We're going to listen to Do Worse.
And that, folks, is all I've got ready for you today. Uh, I guess it kind of went a little long. Uh, not quite as long as others, uh, other episodes have gone. But, hey, you know, uh, I, I want to bring you at least an hour worth of shit for you to dig into and, and enjoy, even if I've managed to tie it to uh, some sort of thematic string. In this case, I haven't. It's just shit that I've been listening to and addicted to and, and will probably continue to listen to and be addicted to for the next couple weeks to come. Uh, I do have plans for the next episode. There will be something a bit more tangibly uh, thematic about it. And I, I hope you're going to stick around to uh, tune into that once it airs. Um, and again, I've got to apologize for the delay on this episode. Uh, I think we're running on two, maybe three weeks late at this point. And for those of you sticking with me, uh, my sincerest gratitude, I'm going to pay out some lip service to those Patreons that have helped to make this uh, possible. That would include uh, Pat Wilding, Jason Hook, Rich Miles, Wade Tilton. Yeah, uh, four. But, you know, there's room for that to grow. And whether I said your name or not, and you're a listener, don't take that personally. I appreciate every individual listen that this podcast gets from you guys. Uh, believe me, I, I look at the fucking uh, logistics, not the logistics. I look at the um, the numbers, uh, I guess is the best way to say it. And, and I see that uh, this podcast is gaining uh, momentum and popularity. Um, and for, for the delay, again, that makes me even extra sorry. Um, you know, uh, I've got a lot of people motivating me, uh, here at home. My wife, uh, specifically, um, wouldn't have probably pursued this without her encouragement. Um, but again, every listener out there that's putting support into this podcast, it's hugely appreciated. Uh, I, I plan to continue and hopefully make it better for you guys so that you, uh, can tune in every month and find something that you fucking love. Um, so that said, I'm out. High defamation. March. It's the end of the world, people. Uh, I'll see you next month. Take care. <laughs>